0: I was so hopeless, right, with absolute zero resources, no money, no money to go back to, no family to go back to, no language. You have to become incredibly creative and resilient, right, because you are going to be making mistakes, you know, when you cannot speak the basic language every day is is a combination of mistakes, right, from the moment you wake up.
1: Welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I'm serial entrepreneur and investor, Emmy Kirshner. And I'm known for sprinkling just a little bit of glitter throughout the streets of Philadelphia and on the stages that I speak while I help creative entrepreneurs stop struggling as the overworked admin in their business and become the CEO of their multi-six and seven-figure businesses. What has fascinated me over the years are the stories of success and failure that courageous entrepreneurs who have put it all on the line face as they change lives, disrupt industries, and become incredible leaders themselves. So if you're looking for a community of engaged entrepreneurs and you'd love to get some resources and tools that can help you fast track your business, I invite you to join the Tribe of Leaders Facebook group. The link is in the show notes if you want to connect with us. And of course, the group is free to join. Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Tribe of Leaders podcast. On today's show, my guest is on a mission to help people grow their income so they can also grow their impact on the world. That's a huge vision. I love it. And hence, when he started, grow your income, grow your impact. Luca Sanatore, welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. Just share with everybody, I'm going to let you do the intro because we talked earlier and you have so much value and experience and some really cool stories to share. I'll let you take the lead.
0: Amy, thank you so much for the super introduction and uh, hello everybody, it's a, it's a pleasure to be here. It's an honor to be able to share the story and, and some of the good stuff that we were able to do through a combination of luck and God's will and uh, hard work. <laughs> uh yeah originally italian moved to the uk when i was 25 that's about 20 years ago i couldn't speak a word of english had about 65 british pounds in my pocket was that like 80 80 dollars? yeah ish yeah i had about 235 dollars of rent to pay so i was in trouble already right but i grew up like that i grew up uh, extremely poor so it wasn't new but yeah, took it by the own and started in a fish restaurant as a wash shop, as a kitchen porter. And at the end of the shift, they said to me, I mean, go home. I couldn't understand that much. I could understand it with like, go home, go home. I'd be like E.T. phone home, right? <laughs> and then I thought, oh, they're so nice in this country. They saw so how hard I worked. And then the lady at the temp agency the day after was out of Italy and said that, no, that wasn't what they meant. They meant go home, don't come back. <laughs> you can't work here. You don't understand what we're talking. About. So I always say, and that, that was it. But luckily this lady at the temp agency uh, kind of took me under her wing. She, she, kind of, she kind of took me in as a son and uh, she sent me to the colleges in Cambridge in the UK, all these colleges where you can go and basically be a waiter, but you don't need to speak. Because you you just follow the other waiters and you put on the plate, and that's it. You don't need to understand. You just follow everybody. So I've, I've done that for six months, obsessively learning English. I isolated myself from any Italian person that I would meet. I, I must have looked like the biggest ale in the world because I would just say no, no, not coming out with you, no, not speaking Italian. And then eventually, you know, it happened. It happened. And then we started opening some businesses and then the rest of history. Okay. The accent you make
1: it sound so simple. So how did you go from dishwasher and server to entrepreneur? Like, where's the leap there?
0: <laughs> you know, I think the funny thing, Amy, is that because I was, you know, I was so hopeless, right? With absolute zero resources, no money, no money to go back to, no family to go back to, no language you have, become incredibly creative and resilient right because you are going to be making mistakes you know when you cannot speak the basic language every day is a, is a combination of mistakes right from the moment you wake up so in england you guys can't see me but in england if you lift the number two but with the back of your hand facing the person and you show them the number two that means f you in england right In the country. and the the word sheet for a spreadsheet or, or right. sheet of paper and the were shit very similar and when you don't speak the language, so I walked into a shop to buy some bedding when I rented a room and I lifted <laughs> my two fingers and a second I have two bad sheets. <laughs> it was a combination of mistakes that I, I think agree. makes you very resilient. So I worked uh, as a silver service waiter for six months in colleges. Then I got a job as a bartender in an Italian restaurant. So I started facing the public and that's, that's interesting because you make mistakes, but they're very nice. So they laugh with you, they don't laugh at you, they laugh with you, but they create memories. When, when you create memories with events, mm-hmm. those things stick to your mind. Right. So the mistakes that you make that create an event, then become your best learnings. So. I think that was 2002, uh, years gone by like that. Then I landed a job as a marketing manager for another restaurant. I could speak English well enough for a marketing manager in a restaurant. And okay. I was doing some affiliate marketing with, I don't know if you guys remember, uh, Clickbank, or Commission okay. Junction. Yeah, yeah, so I used to do that kind of stuff. Back in the day when the, the, the classic BSL uh, or sales letter was seen as the most spammy thing that you can do to any website. <laughs> and uh, what happened was that I bought some shares in this restaurant business and the restaurant wasn't worth anything because it was almost losing money. But with some of these unorthodox marketing strategies, we doubled the revenue in a year. Mm-hmm. So my shares now were worth a little bit more. I sold them, Confidence grew, And, uh, you know, I love marketing and I was doing marketing already. I was doing marketing in Italy. And so I've opened my first agency, which was a tiny, tiny business, me uh, doing marketing for local businesses, namely uh, builders and, and the likes. And it went well. It went well. I started studying NLP, neurolinguistic Linguistic Programming, for no other reason that having basically started my life in the UK as an illiterate. I could not speak one word apart from hello, right. because in are Italian, we don't really use the H, it, was, it wasn't hello, it was hello. Right. Right. So I became obsessed with learning the language. So uh, language communication, neurolinguistic programming, I thought, oh my god, if I can master that, you know, as an illiterate in English, that would be very cool. So I did that, and then uh, I love the fact that you could apply psychology to marketing, so I opened another business, and then it was doing decently. And then I opened another one, and then, and that's it. Then, be, then it becomes what you do. Then it just becomes what you do.
1: Right, right. That's amazing.
0: And it was fun.
1: So it's really your passion for learning and your determination to master the language that, and then a few interesting opportunities. It sounds like that where you just grew into being an entrepreneur.
0: Do you know what it is, Amy? Do you know you? I think human beings either move towards pleasure, or away from fear yes and i think the latter is probably more common yeah right?
1: most people are would rather stay i'm going to say afraid of the what if than i think you know taking the bold action to go do the next thing
0: and that's right that's right yeah. and when they do take the bold action i think they do it more because they are afraid of something than they do it because they are excited by something right? Until you break through. When you break through, it kind of flips. But for me, although I put on a very brave face, I grew up, you know, with with a very, you know, my father wasn't a nice man at all. I left when I was five, thankfully. Left my mom with absolutely no means. My mom didn't know how to make money. We had to scavenge for coins to go buy food. We owed money to anybody that was breeding, right? And uh, we did manage to pay the debts for I started working when I was 13 in a a factory bending and welding metal for the building trade. When uh, we had a little bit of money, I started doing school at night, but I I never really got a diploma or a degree. And then I started doing marketing. I started reading a lot of marketing in Italy. And uh, I took a commission only job selling spaces on advertising books for the yellow pages. And it was commission only, but I was making a lot of money. I was making an incredible amount of money until I had a car crash and you needed a car to do that. And we couldn't afford a new car. And in Italy, there's there's just no way they will lend you the money for it. And I was making a lot of money, but none of that money was in the bank. It was all paying debts. But when I got to 25, the debts were paid. My mom had a small pension. It was enough for her. So I said, I'm leaving, I'm going, right? So it was a tough upbringing in that sense. And I think, you know, when you are faced with a life of, you know, not doing good at school, not being at school, basically you grow this belief that you don't know how to learn. And when you have the opportunity, then you become, it's almost like the person that is obese and then they lose the weight and become obsessed with fitness. I became obsessed with learning, but not because of any other reason that I wanted to really not become what I grew up like.
1: Right. That's so amazing. Like, I can't imagine making the decision to leave your country and go to a place where you don't speak a word with essentially no safety net. I mean, talk about burning the bridges. Like that's bold.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a one-way ticket. There was no going back. And I think if you, you know, I grew up listening to Tony Robbins. I had no role models in my life. So right. I consumed books of Tony Robbins like they were the Bible. Right. And when tapes came out, that's all I was listening to. And he said something many years ago that resonated and I, I applied it since then, which is if you find yourself on a desert island and you need to find food, burn the boat. Right,
1: and So yeah. that's
0: what I do every time I burn the boat.
1: Let's fast forward a little bit and talk about your current businesses because you have multiple businesses and how you're managing all of that.
0: Yeah, it's a great question. I think there's so many people busy being busy. So many people working on, I think, largely speaking, three categories of things that shouldn't really be in their to-do list. One is things that should be delegated to somebody else. Another bucket is things that should be automated or put into a process. And another bucket is things that shouldn't be done by anybody whatsoever, right? Spending endless hours working on the color of the button on the website or recording this endless programming video that everybody's going to love, but you have no idea whether you, you can sell it or not, right? so all these things right and i think if you take those away people have the opportunity to build businesses whilst one and another it's not really that remarkable to me to build two businesses at the same time right because there is time if you understand what you should delegate what you should automate and what you should eliminate Mm -hmm. and then on top of that i eliminate the news 10 years ago i don't watch or read any news i don't watch or, or or follow any and gossip politics shows if it doesn't, and it's very selfish by the way, but if it doesn't concern me, it doesn't exist.
1: Doesn't that help with decision fatigue? Like I was just talking about this in my network. I was actually using the example of my socks because I don't like socks and I only wear them so that my feet aren't like purple and frozen in the winter. And I have all the same socks. They're different colors, but I don't match them. I don't care if they're inside out. I don't care. Like they're just, I grab two, I put them on my feet and they come off as soon as like my feet are warm enough to, you know, not freeze to death. But that decision-making, like, I think people set themselves up for failure because they think they need to be involved in, you know, 62 things. So by really being that narrow, does that help you maintain your energy and your performance so that you can be in the places that you want to be?
0: You hit the nail on the head right there, you know, it's about being monomaniacally focused on your mission. If you imagine you have to dig 10 holes in the ground to plant whatever you want to plant, and you dig, you start on all of them, you dig a little bit and a little, you never see progress. If you focus on one, they will be on one done. You know, when people, when people have debt, it's the same thing. They've got five people, 10 people that they owe money to, and they pay a little bit to each. That's like doing nothing. Pay one in full. And that's, then you go from five to four. percent of, of the issue. Even if the money is the smallest amount, you eliminate one complete conversation. And business is the same, right? If you're monomaniacally focused on one mission, not only on one mission, but actually even one project. So right now in one of our businesses, we know that there's so much opportunities. We are only focusing on two channels. There are three channels that that can make us so much money and can help us help so many people, right? We need to hold fire. So we work on this acronym that we came up with, which is dead. You do things until they're dead. Done, automated or delegated. Right. And then I think you make way more progress that way.
1: I agree. I totally agree. Let's talk a little bit about your business too. Like, How are you helping people make impact all over the world? What's the magic sauce there?
0: Yeah, that's a great question, the magic sauce. So just for context, I'm involved in four businesses, actively in two businesses. The other two are totally automated or or delegated. The two businesses are one, a digital marketing agency, and we work for the e-commerce industry. Mm -hmm. We've got about 30 employees and work with some household brands. And the second one, which is where you know, a lot of my heart is, is a mentoring program for coaches and agencies uh, They want to get out of the one-to-one and, uh, and the done-for-you model and scale their business to do two things, make an impact on their clients and make an impact on the world. And the way we do that is by only taking on clients that uh, match two criteria. Number one is ethical alignment. So for those listening and have a Lamborghini or a Porsche parked outside, it's nothing personal. We just don't resonate with materialistic stuff. There's nothing wrong about luxury, not at all. And I don't judge those who who like them or show them off. Absolutely, it's just not our mission. I've got a family car and a Fitbit and that does me, right? So it's just what we're in this to do. So we want to work with people who also have this burning desire to help people. So I've got some cards here that were sent to me by kids in Africa, where we build water wells to bring clean water. And when I don't feel like getting up in the morning, you know, 4.30 or or 5 o'clock, I don't think of the fact that I have to delay buying my new Lamborghini by two months. I think of the fact that, you know, I've got, I promised that we donate 20% to these people, right? And it's a different drive for me. And so we want our clients to also match, a similar type of feeling. They don't have to donate to the same uh, organizations. They don't have to donate money either. It's just this feeling of wanting to give. The second criteria is that we want people that we feel very confident we can help. Because if we do this, we create momentum, we create confidence, we create a good environment. And so the magic sauce there is, I think, ethical alignment and a crazy monomaniacally focused passion on one thing, which is
1: So it's really your core values, driving you getting out of bed on the days when it's easier to stay kind of tucked in to make sure that you get the 20% so that you can give it to.
0: Yeah, I mean, you don't think about it consciously that often it becomes almost like just part of who you are, you know, much, right. much like you don't think about brushing your teeth, you go, you go up and it just happens. You know, you, you just, it becomes the why you do what you do. Right? It becomes, so my mission is to help a thousand people grow their income so they can grow their impact, right? And it all comes from that conversation that you have with yourself a few times at the beginning, and then it just becomes part of you. You don't need to have that conversation consciously every time. It's just who you are.
1: Right. That's amazing. And I love that too, because to be a really effective leader, right, there's certain characteristics of who you just are. I think some of those can vary from person to person, but... You're really in the space of being that leader, not just looking at, you know, how can I make the win?
0: Yeah. You know, again, you said something very profound there, which I think a lot of people try to behave as something, right? Or they think, oh, I'm just just not like that, right? Well, nobody's like anything. Nobody was born, you know, a criminal. Nobody was born a a leader. Nobody, you know, we are what we do repeatedly, right? And obviously there is massive influence by the people that you surround yourself with, which, which is why ethical alignment is important for us. Mm-hmm. But I think I was a terrible person. Like every everybody has been terrible in places. You know, I've been lazy, I've chosen, you know, to abuse alcohol all the time when I was younger. I've chosen to, to stay in bed and stay up late at night. I've chosen, I've made the wrong choices like, like anybody else did, right? And I still do, obviously not to that extent, but I make different bad choices sometimes. You know, I've got three kids. I want to be a much better parent than I am, right? And and by default, there is a gap. The gap is produced by the fact that I don't behave the way I want to, right? And it's nothing bad, by the way, for those listening, it can sound that, you know, it's just that you want to be, you always want to be better. And I think the hope there is that you can become whoever you want to become just by doing whatever you need to to be doing, right? And -hmm. I think this is the same thing. You know, I think a leader creates more leaders.
1: Absolutely, because you're bringing everybody up with you.
0: Yeah, and sometimes you actually, sometimes what I like to do is to empower my team to lead. Mm -hmm. What should we do here? I have no idea. You have no idea. One of us has to find out and lead. Why don't you do it? Right.
1: Right. Yeah, well, and that's, I mean, what I do with my team too, like I don't want to always have the best ideas. It's not about my ideas. It's about what do we come up with together and then giving that person the autonomy and the independence to, then
0: go make it happen. Absolutely, it's I'm just
1: there to direct conversation.
0: So. Yeah, absolutely. I think dumping and Stettel talks about the foundation of motivation. And actually, i wrote about it in the book that I published. Being three, there's three pillars to motivation. One being mastery, so the ability to either do the job or access the skills to do the job. So training, uh-huh. learning. The second is a sense of purpose, you know, like the big why, the, the big mission that you share. And the third one is autonomy, you know, the ability to go out there and make mistakes, the ability to, to be able to, to, to make decisions, right? And if all decisions, you know, I've been that guy that says, if you want something, don't do it yourself. I've been that, that close-minded dude that would say something like that. It's the most absurd thing that you could be thinking, right? You'll be tied to doing it yourself all the time Two things happened to me when I let go of that belief. Number one, things got done. Right. And the second thing, it was very surprising. And by the way, you know, I'm Italian. I had a lot to prove. So for many years, I had an ego, you know, and then my mother-in-law taught me to let go of the ego in a good way. And now I'm proud to say that I don't have the ego. I may appear confident and so on, but I really don't have the ego. The second thing that happened when I started allowing people to do this is that things got done better. People do it better than, because that's you know, one of the 10 things that you're going to do today. You give it to somebody, that's their mission for today. They come out and surprise you and they think, oh my God, this is so much better than I would have ever done it, right? Right. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit too about organic marketing, because that's like one of your areas of expertise. What does that mean for people who, who like don't know what organic marketing is?
0: Yeah, actually, now that you ask, yeah, it is is—it is a weird name, you know? But uh, right. organic organic marketing essentially means that uh, marketing that you make organically, meaning by not paying. Right. In fact, I don't think it's actually the correct word because it is organic of money, but it isn't organic of work, right? Yeah. So typically you earn, earn the traffic, you earn the marketing, you earn the visits, or you buy them, right? I run an agency that sells advertising, and so I became obsessed with learning organic marketing, right? So I wanted to see how can we drive traffic through beliefs, through content, through leadership, through standing for something, instead of that of the strategies that we normally use, which is to pay for it. So yes, we specialize in organic marketing, doing essentially three things: making sure that we put all the potential clients in one network, right, at the time, and then we nurture. These potential clients by providing value, by providing a story, by providing context, by providing hope, by providing encouragement and skills, and then ultimately by selling. And I think if you build an offer that you really love, if you build an offer that you think, my God, this is good for the people that I sell it to, and you choose a good customer, a dream client that you think your offer can definitely add value to, selling is no longer selling. Selling is serving.
1: Right. I'm so aligned with that. And, and I like to refer, we'll just talk about like, it doesn't matter what your offer is. Like it could be something really small. It could be a really big you know, price tag of an investment. It's that transformation and the change that people get to experience yeah. in serving them.
0: Absolutely. And our a mentoring program, we sell money. You know, mm-hmm. we take agency owners and coaches and we help them make a lot of money. Right. By doing good work. But the testimonials that open my heart the most is when people say, because of this, now I can spend more time with my daughter. Because of it, I feel better as a person, because of this. They are transformational. You know, money comes and goes, right? But your feelings are just totally transformational if you let them, right?
1: Absolutely. I love that. And you have a really cool three-step organic marketing strategy that you use to generate 120K in sales. Tell me about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, there was a training we put together for for some people. Coming off a session, really, we were talking with a client, and basically we asked this client to do these three things, right? So our program is actually based on seven steps. And we asked the client to do these three things. Choose your dream client, the people that you would love to serve, that if you could give them your offer, their life will be better. Their life will be transformed. And then fill in your network of preference, whether that's your platform of preference, whether it's Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, or whatnot, with as many people as possible. You can do that very quickly. In a week, you can have seven, eight, 900 people into your network that you didn't have before, right? And then step number one, fill in your potential clients' network. Step number two is nurture them, build relationships, right? And nurture them, show them the story, show them the three pillars, you know, the why, right so your mission show them the story you know why you're here selling them this and then show them the value teach them right yeah. and then step number three is really sell them but if you don't step number one and two correctly step number three is not selling It's serving right 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 and, and it's very very easy we actually did uh, a week uh, Well, we were in the middle of a, a sales challenge with my clients with our clients in the mentoring program and one of the tasks that I've given them was to, and this is like, this is exciting for you guys. If you want to do this at home, you it will take you some courage, but you'll be surprised. Right? One of the nine tasks that they have to do is to write down the list of the 50 people that they know directly or indirectly. Right? 50 people in their network. It could be their brothers and sisters. Or it could be somebody that they just know. Of, that you know should buy your offer. 50 people that you know should buy your offer, but you never really approached. Step number two was to go and build relationship with these people. Just say, hey, just realize we haven't talked in a while. I hope everything is fine. And then after a few days, we just sent them a message, right? And the message was nothing like, nothing different than, hi, Amy, look at here, I just built, right? Or I'm just in the final stages of completing these three steps to generate 120K from online marketing. I know that that's what you do as one of the strategies to grow your business. I wonder whether you'd be happy enough to review this and then give me a, an honest review, right? And it was nothing else. And it wasn't a tactic to sell to these people or to get them to opt in. It was just really having a conversation about work with people that you were too embarrassed to have it because they were your friends or your acquaintances. And our clients did it. And what happened to them was incredible. Some people were like, oh, my God, I didn't know you were doing this. We should absolutely do work together. A guy, one of our clients from Miami, closed $8,000 on day two. $8,000 of sales just because he talked to somebody about something that until before he felt embarrassed to talk about And this person was like, damn it, why didn't you tell me before, right?
1: I have found over and over again with my clients, because I – Do something similar where I'm like, go and start talking to people in your network. Like they don't know what you're doing. They're like, oh, blah, 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 we've known each other. I'm like, believe me, they don't. And every time people start selling closing clients because like their friends in their network or people in their network, they kind of know, but you know, unless you're in that direct communication all the time, like they're not top of mind and they're not thinking of you when they have whatever it is that they need solved.
0: I think we are exposed to something like 4,000 ads per day. Yeah. How can we expect? And my mom doesn't know what I do. So now it's, and it's not really about approaching the people in your network and selling to them. It's just really about having a business conversation. I mean, and it's not just friends and family, by the way, it's not at all. It's the 50 people around you that you think, my God, that person can really benefit. They don't even know what I do. Let's not sell to them, but let's have a conversation. And one of the best conversations you can have is, listen, I've got this thing. I would like you to review it as a member of my network. Would you mind reviewing it? And then if you think that that thing adds value to them, it will be them asking you for the sale.
1: Yeah. I love that. I love that. And that's so easy.
0: Yeah. Most things are though, aren't they?
1: Yes. We just make them big in our head.
0: Absolutely. I mean, that's only one of the strategies. There are many uh, that that I say kind of not fancy, but clever, smart strategies, Right. There are kind of more ninja and more subtle, but they're still simple. Now, nothing is complicated. You know, the best funnels, for those of you who are not familiar with funnels, as in, you know, a, a series of web pages to take a person from one place to another, and they're not like a website, more like a, a mono-directional website, so to speak, right? The best funnels are the simple ones. The ones that are very fancy and complex. Well, actually, we reviewed one of the posts. We, we, we did a competition with our clients, or a competition, another challenge where... We were to write uh, certain posts on Facebook to get engagement. And uh, a lady uh, didn't get quite so much traction with us. And then we looked at it and it was all fancy. It was like a GIF with, with the flames going. It's too much fanciness. If you need people to focus on these three words in the middle, you want to have nothing else around it, right? right. Less really is more. And I think in marketing, that is so true.
1: Yeah, I mean, I presume people are just scanning. Like, they're not really reading any of it. They're just looking for the
0: keywords. Yeah, I understand now. I mean, if the keyword is isolated in a nice way, and if you have, everything depends on the three steps. If you don't fill your network with the right clients, your message won't resonate. It could be the best message in the world, but it's to the wrong people. So if right. you've done your work correctly and you've got your network with the right people, then the right keywords will resonate.
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely, and the we have the link for the training, so they can get all three steps right.
0: Yes, yes, for sure, one hundred percent.
1: Yeah, so we'll have the link in the show notes, and everybody can get all three steps and start becoming master organic marketers.
0: Well, what we're actually gonna do for you, I'll tell the team, is to make it more in depth. So we're gonna give you a good, I don't know, hour of content, okay. and we're gonna give you the exact steps that we've taken to the detail or what you can do on Facebook or Instagram to do exactly that, to, 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 to do the three steps, but we're gonna go in depth. So we're, we're going to make sure that the team puts together a page for you guys, where you can actually do the training and then implement right away. And if you implement, then you, you will be in the same position that we were at doing 120K with, that, with us. We're gonna give you everything that we used to do 120K.
1: Which is amazing. And just incredible, incredible results. So thank you, I really appreciate that, and I know I no, appreciate that as well. So that's awesome. I'm curious as we're kind of moving slowly into 2021 now. Uh, what are your plans for the year? I've been asking like everybody I've been connecting with, like what's your big plan to to grow, scale? Well,
0: so for the agency, we closed the year just above the three million gross profit. Uh, the goal with the agency is to get to about three point six million. But that's kind of progressing slowly, but steadily. For the coaching program, we have a financial goal. So coaching, this coaching program is very new. I've done coaching for 12 years, but we set up this philanthropic organization. It's only six months old as a legal entity. We are doing about 300. We've done about 350K now. We want to get to a million, which I think is very doable but there are bigger goals underneath so five key results one is to help uh, 100 of clients 100 clients get to a million. Okay. One is to help 50 clients get sorry 50 clients to a million 100 clients to uh, 100k because right? we work with coaches and for, for coaches it's a bit harder to get to a million right away we want to bring clean water to a thousand kids in africa and their family and we want to help 100 girls access education Wow. an organization called CAMFED. So that, that's our goal for 2021. Wow.
1: That's amazing. So let's talk about your two charitable projects. Are you working directly with a nonprofit or like how? I'm curious how that's. Yes,
0: yeah, so we do four things. Mainly we donate to CAMFED, Campaign for Female Education, because we know them very well. Charities are great. Some charities are run poorly because they're businesses. And so not much of the money goes to the people. We chose to, where a lot of the money, goes to the people. Right. And we can actually even measure it. Right? So CAMFED, we know exactly every dollar that we donate, we know exactly what it does. So CAMFED Campaign for Female Education focuses on bringing education to girls in uh, East Africa. If you are a female in those countries, you can't really have access to education. I believe we need to have more women in leadership because if you look at countries where women are in leadership, there's less conflict, less poverty. And I also strongly believe in equality and for me, you know the fact that you don't have access to education or to anything, or the fact that there's any difference just because of your gender is just crazy. And so right. we want to help combat that. So that's the reason on that. The second organization we support is called Well Aware, and they build very durable and well-engineered water wells so that people can have clean water that, that is lasting. And again, same thing there. We know every $15 brings water to one person for life or thereabout. So we donate 20% of our money there. The other two things that we do is a sporadic donation to people that need it. Just at Christmas, there was a lady that lost a job to COVID, we gave her 500 quid, right? 500 pounds, so 700 dollars. And then during the cold uh, months, we give money to uh, families who struggle financially during Christmas when the school is closed and, and they've got more kids at home and so on. We try to support some local families. So we, we do a far and close support.
1: That is amazing. And I mean, talk about somebody who's really growing so they can make an impact. Like you've got your hand in so many different things that the trickle-down effect from that's gonna be unbelievable.
0: Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. I mean, my my personal input is really 50% on the agency, 50% on the mentoring program. Because we work with so many people and all our clients in the mentoring program, they get results quickly. And they're all ethically aligned. So as soon as they get results, they also make an impact. So that is what I like a lot, right? Because it's not yeah. just us donating, it's us creating a, an army of people that support the world.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, my like top level core mission and belief is that world peace is possible. And I know a lot of people are like, no, 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 that's not ever going to happen. But one, I believe if you think it, it can happen. And two, with people like you doing the things that you know, you're doing and, and having a little effect where you're bringing in people to your community who are aligned. That's how change happens.
0: Never going to happen. is not an attitude that I find easy to be around. The four minute mile was never going to happen.
1: Right? right. Well, walking on the moon was never going to happen.
0: Yeah. You know, so you, know, you, you need to be, you need to be the change. You need to thrive for, and you know what? Yeah. Maybe it's never going to happen in your lifetime. You try and that's your core mission and you're not going to make it. And I'm not going to make it right. Right. We are starting the movement. We are supporting the movement. We are making it easier for the next Amy, for the next Luca to carry on this thing, right? Just like anybody started before us. So I don't care if I don't save in my lifetime. I just care that we make an
1: impact. That's exactly right. I don't expect it to be in my lifetime, but I can make a contribution to making the world a better place.
0: That's beautiful. Yeah.
1: I love that. I love that. Luca, where can everybody find you? We're going to have to wrap up and this has been kind of the ongoing theme for me lately. I'm loving everybody that's coming on the show. I feel like we could chat for forever, <laughs> um, but that I want to be amazing. able to connect you with with you know people who want to be able to find you and check you out. So
0: yeah, for sure. I mean, we. I'm sure that whatever page the team puts together, will also have links to our uh, socials or something. But otherwise, lucasinatore.com is probably the easier. You land on my personal website, and it tells you anything you might want to know it's uh, so yeah, <laughs> probably easier then i'm sure that there are links to, to other places there
1: okay awesome thank you and thank you so much for coming on i loved hearing your story and i'm still in awe that you moved to the uk not speaking a word of english like that's yeah some,
0: some argue that i still don't speak a word of english <laughs>
1: well i think you're doing great
0: I can i can tell you that you don't lose the accent if you're italian you know
1: I thought you might have a little bit of an English accent, but I love that you don't.
0: No, no. I mean, I don't I don't want to have it. I don't mind if I did, but I don't want to. But if that was my goal, I would have to work very hard because, yeah, I mean, 20 years. This is the accent of 20 years. It sounds as if I landed five minutes ago.
1: Well, it's great. And that's okay. <laughs> I am impressed by the people who can shift their accent, like, back and forth.
0: Yeah, that's without- true.
1: Like, I can't do anything. This is it. So.
0: <laughs> it's a good accent. It's clear. It's nice. Uh, this has been a blast. Thanks, Amy for having me on. It's been fantastic. I hope the listeners got uh, some value. Yeah, I'm sure that they did.
1: Thank
0: you so much. Cool. Bye, everybody. Thank you so
1: much for being a listener of the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I am so grateful for each and every episode that you tune in and listen to. And I hope that you get a ton of value that you can implement starting today. And I do have just a quick favor. If you wouldn't mind hopping on to wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating and review, it would help us tremendously so that the Tribe of Leaders podcast can be found more easily and help inspire other entrepreneurial leaders.